On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's euphoric. If you're a Buddhist, it's got to be close to Nirvana. It's, it's, it's outstanding. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast from Bommy Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt. His name is Rob. What are you saying today, man? I'm saying Bommy doesn't quite cut it, although Jesus. it does feel it does feel tropical, right? Yes. With, with that, with that having a heat wave. Yeah, a high humidex, but windy. You know what I mean? It's sort of got this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's full on. It's it's all the senses. Are, are being are being triggered by this so uh we're gonna do this up and i'm gonna hit the pool i was just gonna ask how the pool's looking out there right now a dynamite yeah dynamite i just put a little uh little of the zap in to give it a little to help clear up a little bit of that zap. fog yeah so after this bam now it's still somewhere in the low pants off right to the pool <laughs> yeah exactly well you're assuming i'm wearing pants right at this moment Thank I you, Matt. Trying very hard yeah. to assume that. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have brought it up if you didn't. <laughs> if it didn't at least twig something. Um. Yeah. It, now it's still low sixties. Yikes! It's uh, despite how hot it's been, mm-hmm. I've had to go out and lay down good cash, and I mean good cash <laughs> for a heater. Something I am, especially on an above ground pool, horribly against. Oh, especially the last few days can walking in, it's like 30 degrees and I need something to make my pool warmer. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, weird. there's a polar vortex underneath it. I've, I've said this before. Like <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It, it's been above 30 yet. The pool is still in the low sixties. Now I like it cold. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I'm talking, I like it. It's optimal at about 70 to 75. Right. It's above 80. Rob gets irritable. Cause it's like swimming in urine. <laughs> or what I imagine swimming in urine sure, would look that's like. An important qualifier. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta I have to get a heater to bring it to 75 because nobody else in the house is willing it's to tolerating get, that is willing to get into it. So right. that's what's happening over here, Matt. What's happening over there? You heard, man. Just rocking out to a little midnight oil while we were getting set over here. I don't get it, man. But <laughs> although I was listening to uh, a little, you know, just shuffle this morning sure yeah. and pump up the volume by mars came on Qu- high quality 1987 wow i think they were saying it samples i don't know 100 different songs 
which is so this is a shuffle so this is in your collection of course it is yeah of course <laughs> it is um yeah i had a great shuffle going you just heard the end of it there with a little chickadee check yourself before you wreck yourself or a check yourself yeah 40 million four guys is bad for your health okay you've been working on that all day chickadee <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself big dicks in your ass is bad for your health i think those I think those two are con- are connected in some way. <laughs> um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin Audio. Give us a follow. We're at Facebook.com slash Audio, and you can sc- subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, if you want to jump back to episode 838, that came out on Friday morning. Our pal, Canadian Paralympian Amy Burke, was on the show, kind of running us through what she thinks this is all going to look like, what training's kind of been like. Um fun to catch up with her we just kind of sat out in the backyard did the covid safe thing and uh i did get uh, a couple people pointing it in the recording you can hear the planes flying over yeah it's outside i don't (laughs) that that right up front what do you expect right like told you right up front it wasn't in the uh in the studio so um but uh 838 thought it was a uh, a good little show if you want to go back and check that out and i must say also should throw a little plug in here because it is now up as a podcast Episode one of She's Got Game with Robin Flynn and Michaela Schreider. Uh, we've been talking a lot about that here in the last couple of weeks as she geared up for it. That's on uh, the TSN radio network every weekend. But uh, episode one went uh, went out this weekend. Um, interesting conversation with Kaylee Humphreys. Uh, a lot of talk about what the show is kind of going to look like. Some WNBA, some, uh, some women's soccer. Um, really good first episode. So uh, if you're into such things and you, uh, you missed it, you can check out She's Got Game basically wherever you're finding this one i took it in live six o'clock friday night so um no need to check the pod i listened through to the end of the kaylee humphreys i was actually Mm -hmm. i had it on while i was finishing a a workout and so yeah good nice good for michaela good for robin that's uh it's really um i hope it gets well received because it's it's an absolute spot in the market that is is calling out for more attention underserved yeah. yeah and so um, it's interesting that, that you would have Michaela on Thursday morning. You'd have Amy on, on Friday and listening to Kaylee talk about, um, you know, just, just how she feels like, um, you know, women's bobsled is, it, it, it was being underserved, right. In terms of accreditation and how you are always trying to promote canvas, um, advocate on behalf of mm-hmm. your sport and then Amy and Parasport is so much even further, further behind that, For right? Sure. In terms of awareness, funding, coverage, all these things, right? And so um, good for good for those ladies. And, and I hope it's well received and I hope it just blows up from here. Absolutely. Um, also, we should mention uh, one last time because I know he's hoping to wind it down this time um, or sometime this week. Chris Hoffley's got that fundraiser going. He was on two weeks ago. Um, if you want to support it, uh, essentially it just started with him saying, I'll shave my head for a thousand bucks for Chio. Yeah. And they're now up over $200,000. They crossed over the weekend. Um, all, all kinds of kind of local here, Ottawa uh, celebrities or media types or, or you know, yep. whatever it might be uh, jumping in saying, I'll shave my head for this. I'll dye my hair for that. Stuntman Stu willing to take down the pineapple pizza that he has publicly railed against for so long. Um, so they've had a lot of fun with it. It has climbed to a number. I was talking to uh, to Hoff again on Saturday night, and he 
himself is obviously just blown away by this. Um, so he says they're hoping to kind of wind it down over the course of this week. Um, you can always donate to Chio whenever you want, but this particular initiative will wind down. If you've been hearing about it and kind of putting it off, you just go to welovechio.ca. If that's hard to remember, if you're not necessarily even from the Ottawa area here, it's the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. That's what uh, Chio stands for. So welovechio.ca if you want to uh, if you want to kick in and support that. Uh, try and hit it early this week. Hard on, um, hard on the heels of me donating a hundred bucks courtesy of your Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's uh, true. Somebody went out and donated a hundred grand. Saw that on Saturday. I think, well, I think that Friday. Friday. Yeah. Okay. So just recently someone <laughs> just threw that right on top of the I'm pile. I'm feeling like <laughs> boss, man. You see that? A hundred bucks. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Here's a hundred thousand. And I don't even know. Yeah, how much money I would have to have laying around in the in the couch cushions? Not notice a hundred thousand. Okay, I got this yeah. slap. Yeah. <laughs> Good for yeah. you, and that is incredibly generous. So for sure. And I, the guy they named the guy's name on uh, on TSN twelve hundred on Friday afternoon, and and I and it's escaped me. But wicked generous. Uh, couldn't go to a better thing. And yeah, I, I listening to Hoff say, yeah, I'm looking to raise a thousand bucks for for Chio and mental health for kids and. <sighs> And it is now blown up into this huge, incredibly, and the Ottawa market is 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 a giving market. It's mm. it's huge, and it's also blown up a bit in Nunavut because they they send a lot of their kids. Mayor of Akalawit, yeah, down here. So it's uh it's all over the place. So right here, Talcan Audio, Hoff, Chris Hoffley doing a doing his bit, and that is. You got to get, sometimes you just got to get the ball rolling. Well, we've joked about it so many times and you know, four o'clock on the Friday afternoon of a long weekend, I'm like you idiot, right? Like what do you, way to bury it. So it's never seen. And then sure enough, we were actually joking about that when we were chatting on Saturday night that I wonder if that actually ended up working in his favor. Like Friday night, people are racing home. You've tipped a couple and suddenly you go, ah, fuck it. Right. You throw a couple more bucks than maybe you normally would have onto the, yeah. Onto the pile because it is a long weekend and uh, you're tipping a few, but certainly it has shown, um, you know, mainly here in Ottawa, but uh, donations coming in from all over the place, man. People jumped on this fast. So very cool. And uh, and a tip of the cap to Hoff for getting that up and going, man, because it, it exploded fast. Well, and just one more one more tip of the cap, right? As somebody who who has two kids, I've been to Chio a bunch of times and, and, and we all have those stories where it's infuriating to go through the emergency room, right? And, and you feel like, it's the most frustrating thing ever. Um, however, my daughter had to spend when she was maybe 10, she was, she was admitted she had to be in for five days and they really weren't, they really weren't sure what it was for. Um, at the end of the day, they thought it was scarlet fever. They tested her for leukemia. There was a bunch of things. I could not have been more impressed All right. with, with what they did for our family. So mm-hmm. It is it is well worth every cent that goes their way. So yeah, near and dear to my heart. So so do it to a lot of us, right? And like I, when you mentioned the hundred bucks you threw in for people who don't know, kind of me and you and Hoff and Michaela and Maddie, kind of before that Leafs Hab series, just kind of got kicking around. If this happens, I got a couple bucks here. If this happens, I got a couple bucks there. This is even before the the Hoff thing started, and so I split it for uh, for every Matthews goal. I think I said was for. <laughs> sick kids and then uh down in toronto where 
both, you know, both of my sisters and I spent some time as kids yeah. too, right? Like you, sometimes you just end up rolling. So that was near and dear to my heart. And then I think it was Willie was for, uh, was for Chio up here and he ends up Who going knew? off in the first round. Who knew? Yeah, you, you were telling me I was being cheap. Yeah. Like I was short changing the kids, yeah. right? Like sure enough, Willie carries them out. So we had to top up the Matthews side of it. We couldn't let just the one goal, um, you know, be the, uh, the only contribution, but, uh, it's just cool to see, like you say, that it's an easy thing to get behind and, uh, and to jump on. So, um, if you do want to do that, if you do want to take, uh, we'll put the, uh, the link in the show notes as well and put it on our social media feeds, but it's, we love and you can donate directly to, uh, to Chris, Chris Hoffley's campaign before it winds down this week. What are you drinking today, man? Oh, I'm gl- Matt, I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad you asked. And I've that's a little late in the show already. I, to I, get I, into it. Well, I, I think that's the, yeah, the difference between our recordings and, you and Michaela, you guys get to it right off the hop and, and I get the impression she's thirsty when she's running the ship. It is literally the yeah, very first yeah, thing she has. For sure. <laughs> I am drinking something that, uh, again, was another gift from, uh, little Stevie Gervais, Habs fan extraordinaire, uh, who dropped off last week, the Easter egg. He's having a good week. Yeah, for sure. He is. Um, he also dropped this off and I have one. I bought for myself, which I'm going to give to you, Matt. Hey, we're going to get together here in the not too distant future for a, a socially distant, maybe balcony beer. We're due for one sure. of those. Yep. I still have that smoky lager for you. Nice. So what I have today is uh, from Dominion City, one of my favorites over in the east end of town. Mm-hmm. It is the Stay Frosty Imperial Sweet Stout. Wow. So this is um a lot going on there. Chocolate, mint, and vanilla. Imperial sweet stout. So it's meant to be kind of sweet. Comes in at about 10.5, I think. So nice. it's beefy. Now it comes to the yeah. small can. So it says, hey, Rob, drink responsibly. Mellow out here a little bit. But yeah, I have I get that too. I I I had a couple, I think it was just called uh there was some nut stout or something I got from them that uh, was walnut stout or so I can't remember, but it, again, super 10.5, 11%. I think we've had it with, uh, with Graham Nichols when he was on the show, but again, just the little can, right? Yeah. You're just going to want to take it easy here. So they have, this is for those of you who, uh, pistachio. sorry about that. <laughs> okay. I love, uh, I love a pistachio ice cream. Uh, I love a pistachio flat out. Um, this is kind of like, it's memories of your shamrock shake from, <laughs> from, you know, sort of St. Patrick's Day at McDonald's. All right. <laughs> it's, it's heavy on the mint, more subtle on the chocolate. I'm not getting a lot of vanilla, but um, we'll wait for it to come around. It is sweet, but um, yeah, it, it's also got memories of your Nanaimo bar, 40 Creek, Matt. So hey, yes. uh, I'm, I'm going to shoot one of these your way, but um, this is not bad. And I'm going to sip away at it because, yeah, it, it is a, a 10.5. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, nice. A nice, um, you know, I know it's hot outside. And for those mm-hmm. of you who are thinking, ah, Imperial Stouts. Well, the AC is going on in here and it's always a sweet 69 degrees in here. So I'm good with whatever. But I'm We've back. said many times before, it's always Stout season. It is always Stout season for you and I. Uh, I'm backing it up with a... Uh, a hazy IPA from Kensington, which I've already had one of those, but it is incredibly juicy up front. Um, 
So it'll be a nice change of pace, but uh, this is good. This is good. And I'll let you, uh, I'll let you say uh, how you feel about it later, but uh, what do you got going on over there? So I should say as well, this week, I got a beer gift. Just out of the blue, got a message from our buddy Josh. Said, about a half hour, going to be knock at your door. Josh listens all the time, so I want to, uh, I've already done it on the uh, on the social media, but want to thank him here. A uh, couple different beer selections. And because of the weather, um, I wanted to start with this one. This is called Sprang. Sprang! <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the, um, the Sprang. Where did the go? It's a 5.2% out of the Market Brewing Company, which is, I believe, down in Newmarket. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, just north of Toronto there. So this is uh, their uh, botanical ale. And uh, it says it's got a little, some traces of orange to it. It's got some coriander, which is sometimes a little hit and miss for me. But uh, it always piques my attention a little bit when I see that in there. Sometimes I really enjoy it. Sometimes it... It kind of pushes me away a little bit, but uh, I'm curious to see what this one's all about. And he uh, he sent over a few things. So this is just the first one, but uh, shout out to Josh for uh, hooking me up with uh, with these. And um, we'll keep posting those on the uh, on the social media feed as well at uh, at Tall Can Audio on Instagram. So I'll give that a give that a, a call. Crack. But yeah, see, and, and I've had a couple from Newmarket. It's got the nice. It's either a polar bear or a bear is the logo. That's right. Yep. Right. It's got some good stuff going on there. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I've had one on the show and I, it escapes me now what it is, but yeah, that yeah, was only a couple of weeks ago. I think. Yeah. Like, it is at a new market. So yeah. yeah, this is all right. This is nice. It's got a little, uh, that coriander to me, it always, it gives it just a little bit of kick, a little bit of spice, a little bit of well, something see, like that, the, obviously. Right. But yeah, I love, I love Thai food. I love Indian food. I am not a huge coriander fan right it's 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 not really my my deal but uh i'd be interested i'd be interested in what you got going on there because sometimes it has a bit of a soapy taste to it but yeah i wouldn't say that on this one um you're getting the citrus big time from the uh from the orange peel that they said there in the description and then obviously the coriander coming in late on the uh on the taste buds this one the like i said it's called the sprang it reminds me back in the day that mid-90s wrestling scene big guy sting oh yeah one of the creative ideas that they had that never did make it to air they were going to bring in his black counterpart and his name was going to be stang oh stang (laughs) okay can't believe that didn't see the light of day man can't believe that didn't make yeah (laughs) well it makes me think of sir mix a lot and i like big butts right right (laughs) And it's, it's sprung, sprung, get sprung, get sprung. Yeah, exactly. So we're all that, uh, that, and that, uh, the guy, the creative genius behind Stang that never made it to TV also wanted a character who was going to be an evil architect named William Ding. I will allow that to sink for a second as to why that's supposed to be clever. The evil architect, William Ding, Bill Ding. The architect. Yeah. All right. Was it Eric Bischoff? Is that who this is? Vince Russo. But oh, okay. uh, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so come on, man. You gotta give me. You gotta give there's a little that's no same era, same company, same like you're in the right neighborhood, but this is the guy who replaced Eric Bischoff and pushed WCW right into the ground. So yeah. <laughs> you can't believe it didn't work with staying and building. Um, but uh here we are. Um over the course of the weekend, 
we had the, uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time here, but obviously, you know, you're as, as tied into the amateur sports scene as, as anybody, just based on things that you've done throughout your life. I wanted to ask you a little bit, as we saw the America's qualifier for the uh, Olympics in baseball took place this weekend and uh, Canada did not get through. They had to win their last two games after actually having an okay start beating Cuba um, and a couple other countries. They had to finish the round robin or finish the tournament. They needed to beat the United States and the Dominican Republic to get in. That's a tall order, obviously. Oh, Christ. And uh, didn't get it done. And if they had won one of those games, they would have been able to go to, you know, they always the catch all the last chance tournament, whatever. And, but uh, they fell in both of them. The Dominican game came right down to the end, uh, very tight before they lost that one. They got kind of pumped by the, uh, the U.S. It was an okay game for a while, but they had uh, some controversy and a home run that wasn't a home run. And then they, all, they, they just sort of unraveled. It wasn't a, uh, whether or not you actually believed they were ever going to beat the U.S. But uh, oh. Canada not going to the Olympics in, uh, in baseball. And really, the only thing I wanted to bring up was, you know, it, it is a reasonably big sport in some parts of the world, right? In Japan, it's big. In Taiwan, it's big. In Korea, it's big. Over here, it's big. It has picked up a little steam in some parts of Europe, but Netherlands. not really. Yep. Yeah, um, with, the Italians with Curacao being a Venice being yeah, a Dutch. kind of a lucky break there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I wanted to ask you about was this idea that it seems like they sort of pick and choose when to enforce. We want this to be a global sport, so we're going to be hardliners on qualifying out of your regions versus when we just want to guarantee that it's the Olympic Games. It's supposed to be the best tournament in the world we have the best teams there and you need look no further than hockey. They don't insist that Asia be represented, right? They don't insist that South America be represented, which in theory might help grow the game, right? If you got to see team Brazil or whatever at the Olympics in, in ice hockey, maybe that would stir things up there. I, I don't know. Whereas here they've, they've kept it to regions and really, as I've sort of referenced, there's only kind of two regions that play the game. And over here you have Canada, the U S Mexico, um, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, Puerto Rico, tough, yeah, Yeah, tough, uh, tough region to get out of central and North America are the region really. Yeah. Do you kind of have any thoughts on, you know, just how you think an Olympic games should be set up, whether it should be spread across the regions or just no, the best teams should be here. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's two things going on here, Matt. And um, to pull back the curtains and this is 100% on me, you know, when we usually we send back and forth notes, you know, what do you want to talk about this week? What do you want to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I was positive when you sent this over to me that there was a misspell there and it was basketball. Okay. (laughs) So I'm looking for FIBA qualification tournaments. I'm looking for all these things and I'm like, man, I am coming up super, super (laughs) short on some of this shit. And and, and I said to you, Hey man, I'm not finding a pile of stuff. I, you know, 
Well, it's not like it was widely covered, so I believed you when you sent okay. it over. <laughs> so, I couldn't find much. I'm like, yeah, right. It's not getting a ton of attention. Hey, Rob. <laughs> wrong sport. <laughs> the K is very important. Right. And a T, I guess. But you're like, man. So, um, yeah. I, I, as soon as you started explaining, I'm like, oof. There's some egg. There's some egg on my face right there. But it doesn't. Well, the question still. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't change. And as as somebody who's gone through regional qualification and and qualification all the way through, um, I am very familiar with with the process. And um, sadly for Canada, I think in this instance. I'm of two minds, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to take a strong stance here mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, yeah, if, if you're hoping to grow your game worldwide, sorry, if you are the third, fourth or fifth best country in your region, if you're not top three, you're not top two, whatever it is, you don't make it. If you're hoping to grow your game, you need to have representation at the Olympics, whether you like it or not, world's in a lot of cases, may be the truest indication. Yes. But the reality is most eyeballs are drawn to the Olympics. And so there is a real source of pride if you are from, uh, you know, I don't know, Philippines, right? right. And, and you have a baseball team qualified, right? Out of regions, maybe mm-hmm. out of now, that's a bad example because they're Another like a tough region. <laughs> They're likely competing against uh, Taiwan and Japan and Korea and um, Taipei. Yeah, Taipei. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Depending but, on who yeah, you ex- exactly. There's a bunch <laughs> of things going on there. I should have just went with Japan and Korea, but <laughs> it, it is it is one of those things where eyeballs are drawn, and if you're hoping to grow the game, which a lot of these federations really are, um, yeah, you probably have to stick with the regions and say, sorry, Central and North America, if you have 80% of the world's baseball talent, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck there. That's To me, that's it's, it's too bad because the tournament is not going to be as good as you would hope. Right. But if, you, if the goal is on the, on the behalf of uh, international baseball or whatever the – Sure. It is, body, yeah, yeah. It's 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 probably best for you to have as as much global coverage as you can. Why do you suppose it doesn't seem to be across the board for the IOC? I referenced hockey there, and is it just because yeah, some of these not enough countries have ice, so we don't insist upon it? Or right, it is odd. Yeah, it, when you look at um. We have an Australia, China, and Japan. They have hockey teams. Australia Korea, has Korea hockey does teams. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Australia. There's a guy who was playing for Washington a couple of years ago. I don't know where that guy's at. That's right. Yeah. Um, he was Australian born and and developed, I believe. Um, right now with the World Championships, you just had Liam Kirk named to the All Tournament team, first ever Great Britain born and developed talent. Shit, and we know we are. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> we love you, GB. We do. Um, played for the Peterborough Peets, right? But um, you know, he was named to the tournament, the all tournament team over there. Um, right. But yeah, it is. It is really. If you look at the at the first division of of hockey worlds and the second division, you get into that. You're looking at Hungary, still a Northern European team. Yep. 
Slovenia. Your Denmark's. Kazakhstan. Your, yeah. Your Ukraine. Belarus. Yes. <laughs> France, Norway, Denmark. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of Congo representation. Maybe a little sweet Angola action. Not happening. So I, no. I, I just think when it comes down to, it's like biathlon, right? You, you know, you're going to get the odd Samoan who figures he's going to be a two-sport athlete. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to roll in there in the Winter Olympics opening ceremonies, topless and oiled up. Good for that guy. <laughs> um, but but those sports, it's, it's, you know, it takes money to put up an arena mm-hmm. to, to keep that bad boy running in, in tropical weather. All year round, although Vegas seems to be able to do it. It's true. Um, but money, ding, 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 ding. So right. yeah, hockey is hockey is a different animal, and and it's never going to have the global reach. I don't believe, right? Especially yeah. with the way the world is warming, not cooling. No. <laughs> um, and you not can, getting easier to find. Yeah, us. and you can talk. You can talk to me about you know global cycles and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, it, it is just getting warmer. So yeah, the reality is baseball, like soccer, you can play that bad boy anywhere. And so there's a stick and a rock hit it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And so, uh, I think that's the difference and that's where that comes down to. But qualification is in your worlds. I think, I think are, are, are separate and different than your Olympics. I guess my final end question to you on that would be, do you think that is the right approach. If the Olympic Games are supposed to be the best of the best, should they be focused on growth and, you know, regional representation? Or should it just be, here's the 10, 12, whatever best ah. teams in the world? Like, it, it gets dicey, right? See, it, it's, but they struggle with that, Matt. Yeah. They struggle with it in terms of, of we want to be the best. We want to be the pinnacle of sport. But we are also this... Anybody who's attended an Olympics or a Paralympic Games, there is this great big hug that comes with those yes. ev- with those events, right? Like everybody is, and, and it's important to note that this they were really reinvented in in you know in eighteen ninety six or whenever they came back yeah. as a or 04, 1904, whatever it was that they were meant to be this global, yeah, warm hug, right? As well as a sporting achievement, right? And so they struggle with that. You're Eddie the Eagles and you're Jamaican bobsleds, and, and now they have tightened up qualification. But there is still this idea that for 90% of the participants of, of a Paralympic or an Olympic Games, it is about the achievement of qualification, Mm-hmm. to that event um so it, the, the the olympic ideal is 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 sort of two-pronged yeah right so i think for those of us who look at it all and and for years in canada we struggled with it right that we would come home with a with a bag full of four, five and six place finishes and people personal best and, and people would be like fuck we suck yeah and you'd be like buddy that guy's fifth in the world at that, and it's a any any established as you said a, a PB personal best yeah. on game day, and you're yeah. top five in the world. What have you done? I don't <laughs> care what it is, laundry folding, like whatever your deal is. 
I'm a top five in the world, sit on TV and critique diving once every yeah. four years. Mohawk in my couch <laughs> creating. Like, what, what are you doing? So yeah. we are, you know, navel gazing at times self-loathing when it comes to the Olympics. And, and the reality is I remember sitting down with my kids after 2010 Vancouver when we ended up with 29 medals and yeah. I don't know how many goals, but we crushed it. And, and telling them, yeah, I know you guys are only eight and 10 now or whatever it is, but there's a time when, you know, not only once were we the only host country to never win a gold medal, we did it twice. Yeah. Right. That, that <laughs> Olympic sport in this country has not always been about, man, I don't got enough. I don't have enough room to carry all these medals home with, <laughs> let alone all these goals. Um, yeah. It's a heyday. And, and so there's so much happening there that it's, it's really for most people, there's two things going on there, right? I'm just happy to qualify and, and compete against the best in the world. And then I go home and I'm like, yes, right. For some of us though, you show up and you go, fuck, I finished fifth. And I was, I could see the podium from where I was. And, yeah. and some of us have been closer to that than, you know, losing a bronze medal game kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's an interesting thing. And, and, you know, there will be more kind of Olympic talk. It'll be more in the news here as we go. If you're looking for more of that stuff, like I said, you can check out, uh, 838 with our pal Amy Burke talking about the, uh, the Paralympics, what she thinks that's all going to look like and, and whether or not she thinks they should be there. Uh, the Japanese people don't <laughs> seem to think that they should be there. So yeah. she said, that's a little awkward. right? Yeah. Like, so uh, that's episode 838. You can check that out uh, wherever you're hearing this or at tallcanaudio.com. Um, as we sit here right now, uh, it is just before, well, why don't I actually stick it on the international scene? Uh, you asked me maybe two weeks ago, my attention level to the uh, world hockey championships. I believe my response was, this is probably the worst team Canada we've ever sent. So no, I haven't, now that I'm thinking about it, that might have been in an email, not on the show. Yeah, it was on an email. Okay, but uh, no, I wasn't watching. They were 0-3. Uh, a lot of people seem to be saying, despite the fact that uh, downtown Connor Brown is going to win the uh, the tournament uh, scoring title, that things seemed to change when Mangiapani was parachuted in at 0-3, and the team took off from there. Um, last I saw, they were tied going to overtime in the gold medal game today. What happened there? Gold medal win for Canada, Matt. How about that? The hey, worst team, Canada. The three on three, the game winning goal scored by Connor Brown. Nick Paul. Okay. From, from Connor Brown, Connor Brown <laughs> in the three on three in overtime. And so, yeah. Connor. My Twitter has been Sens fans boasting about this world championship team. For, and I'm like, ah, oh, shut up. Yeah, no, right for there. sure, shut up. For sure, shut up. I, I but, get it. No, but that is, you know. That sends power gold medal uh, goal anyway. It, um, and GBD Jacob Bernard Docker playing a a, a prominent role as a as a young as a young guy on this team. But hey, they had five guys on this roster who were born in the two thousands. Right. Well, and one who's draft eligible this year, Owen Power. Right? Correct. He was getting a pile of use as a def- young, young, young eighteen year old defenseman, four. a top yeah. four defenseman in this tournament, and playing in the final minute, up a goal. You know, getting tons of uh, looks. The only reason I bring it up, I, I don't think there's a ton here, but this was widely panned before they even went as a pretty lackluster Team Canada. Not a lot of recognizable names on it. 
you know, every year that we send a team, it's, it's not close to what we could send, but there's always enough stars where you're like, you know, that's every bit as good as anybody else who's here. Um, this team didn't look to be, and yet it ends up with a gold medal. Is there anything at all to be read into that? Because, you know, I, I know most countries went without some guys, but the Europeans do tend to line up a little bit more to, to go and represent. Is this one of those things that we're going to be hearing about, about that Canadian heart and coming together for the cause and these sorts of things or what happened? Over well, seeing Gord Miller said it uh, at the end of, uh, uh, of regulation, or maybe it was after the, the game winning goal. And I watched it. I was sort of looking at my, how much run up time I had to get loaded up for this. Right. And the game went into three on three overtime. And, and, and it's interesting to me, how other people see it always, right? And and Gord Miller said that he had a, a, a retired Russian hockey player say to him, whatever happens, he doesn't understand it, he said, but when 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 an average player pulls on that, that Team Canada jersey, they become better. So that's not me saying that. No. That's not Gord Miller saying that. That is an outsider looking in and saying, yeah, sometimes that team is more than the sum of its parts. And so when you look at it, that Adam Henrique, pride of Brantford, Ontario, uh, Mangiapane. <laughs> guy Mick Ferris. Yeah, that. exactly. It works with, works with Ferris in yep. the offseason. And so, um, and Connor Brown, that line was as good a line or maybe the best line in the tournament. And it's at best an NHL third line. <laughs> Oh, for sure. No, that's a good. Ah, oh, and you know what? Maybe a second. I, maybe a second. I, I think Mangiapane is on somebody's second. I think Brown is is on a good team's third. Sure. Um, Toronto could have used them this year, for sure. Uh, okay. Zach Hyman next year. Watch out, Connor Brown ish. Um, but Adam Henrique was was waived this year. But who wasn't right? Spez. We've got a bunch of guys. Um, so yeah, this year's not entirely indicative of of your value sure. but no. um i think what happens is it's yeah it's it's a i think we should be cautious and and, and mike johnson who who's doing the color on this tournament with gord miller fuck he's good eh? he's the best well him yeah. and Ray ferrara yeah, yeah right both to them. me those guys are are, are yeah. one and two in terms of um and, and what makes them both stand out is that they don't mind saying the truth no that was good or hey man that was bad right there and so that is what makes a good color guy if you can be you know exuberant in your praise but you can also be blunt and honest in your criticism both those guys walk that line very sure. well um he was interviewed after after 3 games in by a swedish newspaper saying are you embarrassed by this team canada <laughs> is this is this you know cringe worthy for for the country and at the end of the day, fuck you, Swedes. <laughs> you didn't make the quarters, and we won. Who's embarrassed now? Who's a bitch? I think you we know lost the answer. It's embarrassing. To you <laughs> well, this is they, this is it. And so at the end Maybe of the they day, didn't. I have no they idea. They didn't. They, they were in two different other, divisions. Yeah, okay. The Swedes <laughs> so, were in the other division. Yeah. Um, yeah, they lost. Uh, you know, they were they were neck and neck with Great Britain at one point. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, but Great Britain won three games, I think. Yeah. And and really, at the end of the day, Matt, this was um, – most teams did not have no. 
A-list rosters. Like Sweden had um, Uli Mata was on their team. I don't know. They only had two NHL players, which is not a... Um, Isn't Oli Mata a Finn? Yeah, I'm talking with the Finns. Sorry, what, oh, what, sorry. what did I say? We were, I thought we were still on the suite. Oh, no, I moved off yeah. the suite. Joking. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> they are the real embarrassments of the, of the tournament. Um, but yeah, the, the Finns, though, to me, are the team that, that should have won this tournament because they're always in it. doesn't matter if you send a great Canada roster or a great Russian roster. The Swedes just put out their cookie cutter players, and they, the Russians seem to come pretty close to loading up as they always. Well, they had Bobrovsky. I know, I know Ovi didn't go, but yeah, uh, they had Bobrovsky. They had Provorov. They had Tarasenko. They yeah. like there was Grigorenko. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? I don't know, man. That's the first <laughs> time I heard of him in a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, they had some A players. Um, but yeah, the rest of the tournament was like you look at the Americans who were really probably the best tr- team in this tournament. Yeah. They were, you know, Connor Garland, Christian Wolanin, and, uh, you know. Ryan Boyle didn't play all year, and then off he goes for Team USA. Yeah. So I, I think, though, what this tells me is not so much about Team Canada, but about about the game on the on the international ice surface. It's brutal. Like, it, to me, if if the NHL is ever, ever thinking about making a change – you don't go to the big to the big ice. You go to the the Finnish hybrid, maybe. The hybrid, yeah. Um, the game is boring. Like you look at guys going, "Oh, look at that guy! He's got it. on the outside. He's got it. oh no, wait, it's inside the dots, six and, miles from the net." And this is it, right? And you're like, oh, "Look at all that space and yeah. the small neutral zone." And the uh, to me, it's it's not great hockey. It's it's more like soccer than it is like hockey, and I don't care for it. It's it's not um, – if, if people are thinking, oh, bigger ice, more athletic players, and there's going to be more action. No, it actually becomes slower. You see it – it doesn't matter how many times Canada and the U.S. plays on the big ice. You will see it at the beginning of every single tournament. The Canadian and American wingers who aren't used to it will take that wide yeah. angle. There's all kinds of space. Look at all the speed I'm going to be able to – and the Euro defenseman who grew up on it yeah. just hang out between the dots in front of the net, like the, no different than they would on the smaller ice. They will let you have just as much right. Hey, look at you go. That's <laughs> yeah, very exactly. fast, my friend. <laughs> you can hang out if they're all you want. Yeah. You're still at some point going to have to come in here. And it's just a, eventually they do adjust. But the first couple of games seem to always be, holy shit, I feel like I'm a long way from yeah. the net. Right? Like, well, and as a, as, a, as a guy who grew up playing field lacrosse, it's the same thing, right? As a, yeah. as a long stick defenseman, hey man, the attackman wants to take you out. He's doing all these things. He's faking. He's behind the hit. And you're like, stay out there, man. Totally <laughs> fine, man. I know where you need to go to score. Right. You do what you need to do. And so to me, it becomes much more calculated. And yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And so to me, nobody had their A roster here. No. And so at the end of the day, Canada came Canada, this was the first ever in men's and women's IIHF history to lose four games and win a gold medal. Wow. So yeah, like you say, they were 0 3 to start. You're like, yeah, this is every bit as bad as everyone thought. And well, wait, maybe it's not. Yeah, right? well, they, and they lost in that final game. They need if they if they could have beat the Finns. Yeah, that's the other thing. They needed a pile of help to stay alive just to get well, in. I heard the I heard them say the other day they needed nine things to happen. 
Yeah. Nine things to happen. And one of them was a win from Kazakhstan. Like you're betting on, oh no. Well, <laughs> and, and when you say nine things to happen, they go, and only four are in your control. Right. Right. And it comes down to a Germany Latvia game. And you're like, right. are you kidding me? <laughs> what is happening here? We we're dependent on these guys to get up. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it happened. And then all they did was beat the two division winners and the defending world champions. And you go, hey, is that it? I Another did it. Medal, we're coming home, right? Well, and at the end of the day, it's um, it's Canada's twenty first world championship gold medal. So, hey, at the I end of the day, I think at some point through this tournament, I heard that the United States hadn't played in a gold medal game at Worlds since nineteen sixty. I think the Americans under Patrick Kane beat Canada two years ago in the gold medal game. In the gold medal game. All right. And now, you know what, Matt? It may have been a bronze medal game now that I think of it. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, totally possible. Well, and and Canada didn't play. There was a chunk of, of time, like a 10-year period, where Canada didn't play in the Worlds because- no, they didn't even go. Right. They were like, we can't put professionals in, but the Soviets can have guys Russian who- Red Army. Yeah. Well, and these guys who work in a tractor factory, and they, the other guy works in a you know turf cutting right. factory you're like yeah but really they just play hockey full time so anyways it's it's one of those things uh i love it uh if canada lost today i'm like this is the kind of tournament the Finns win because they're always around doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. send your best um but yeah i was pumped i was pumped to see them beat the russians in the quarters in overtime i was uh you know oblivious to them beating the americans so that's clearly how strong it was on my radar but I tuned in for large portions of today's gold medal game. And and at the end of the day, I'm like, fuck yeah. I, it, sure. It's one of those things where you're like, are you kidding me? That team? Well, I, yeah. I remember saying before this started, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, this team was going to be young guys either trying to get drafted or get noticed by Hockey Canada or guys who felt like I got a shot at the Olympic team and I want hockey Canada be to be happy with me, right. To see me in a good light. So I'll go do this. There was a lot of the first and none of the second, right? Like, I don't think there's anyone on that roster who's cracking the Olympic team next year. No, if, if, if there is, it's, it's, you're looking at somebody as like, I think the only person on there, maybe two who have an outside as a 13th, 13. you know, th- Mangiapani maybe as a 13th, forward i don't know man okay uh, all right goal. and i know what you're saying that and, still and, long and darcy kemper as a third goalie unless you can maybe yeah because he, he was he was weak to start with yeah had a couple leaky leaky games right but he was solid at the end when they needed him the most and at the end of the day if i was if i'm any one of those guys and i'm a world champion in in this year mm-hmm. when and, and and i think i think jerry gallant put his his stock has gone Oh yeah. Through the roof that you took this team to a world championship. Uh, I look at Luongo where people were laughing and, and Bobby Lou has, has, you know, who cares, right? Like he doesn't, yeah. but the reality is, you know, in terms of I mean, laughing at his team selection. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, again, what was he going to do? Oh, exactly. I'm not sure we were I'm laughing sure as much as like, choices. yeah, you're like, okay, I, I am, this is team Canada H unit or whatever it is. Right. And you're like, I am so far down in the barrel. Right. Um, but uh, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, you're like, fuck it. 
we, 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 this is what we had. We threw it together and, and we did it. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a great team to sort of, to grab a hold of and embrace, right? They were a bunch of guys who either haven't played any NHL games or the number who have played less than a hundred. It was mm. so far down in terms of what Canada can send that, yeah, it, it's really the kind of team that you want to like, and this is the name I was trying to think of earlier, your stubby clap. Yes. Exactly. Right. Canada baseball <laughs> team that you want to just sort of go, yeah, that is scrappy. And, and, you know, Canadians love their Mike Fishers or your, sure. right. The guys who, oh, he missed on a breakaway, but he can, but he can I forecheck like a mofo. Yeah, exactly. And if it comes down to it, you know, he'll get you 20 goals and he can fight a bit and he can, yeah. Canada loves those guys. Right. And so this is a, this is an absolute Canadian love story. Uh, not a love story was uh, what Mark Shifley laid upon Jake Evans in game one of the second round here, the North Division playoffs. As we sit here now, uh, they're getting ready to drop the puck on game three. But uh, as we sit here, it's 2 nothing Montreal. Um, what did you make of, of the hit? And I guess, man, I... Good on him for doing it, but I'm already tired of hearing about Nick Ehlers protecting Jake Evans. It was cool that he did it, but this has become like the most heroic thing. It's it's June 6th, right? This is the anniversary of D-Day, and I'm seeing numerous tweets placing Nick Ehlers on the same level as, as the guys who stormed yeah. Normandy. Yeah. Maybe we could chill out a little bit. It was a great gesture. It was good he did it. Good sportsmanship. Now we can move on. Mark Shifley clearly didn't even make a play for the puck going after Jake Evans, just leveled him. Uh, another guy leaving on a stretcher. It seems that's happening once a week in the NHL right now, um, which I'm sure the league isn't loving, you know, as they get ready to move to ESPN and TNT. What did you make of it in terms of, you know, Shifley's intentions and the fact that it landed at, at four games? Man, I, I have... I've really struggled with this, Matt, and I, I'm, I think a lot of fans have. It's, it's created this huge debate, right? In terms of, um, I think, I think those with um, Montreal Canadiens flags on their car, it's, it was never going to be enough. Probably not. Um, you know, you're hearing things like that was a gross hit. I don't I don't I don't think it falls into that category. This is not Dale Hunter on Pierre Turgeon, right? Where you know I think also got four games. <laughs> and that was a flying elbow, was it not? No. The Dale Hunter I'm hit got a different one. Yeah, the Dale Hunter hit got 25 games. Oh, okay. No, I'm thinking. Um, but those were it, it's and they were served at the end of the year. To me, four games for this hit, too much. Too much mm. uh, suspendable? Yes. Right. It was a charge. Absolutely. It was suspendable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think people saying, oh, the puck was in the net and all this time expired and then he hit him. Uh, it was a bang, bang play. Was it malicious? Was it suspendable? Yes. I'm saying that's a one game suspension. Hmm. The part that I'm wrestling with is all the talk that he took a 190-foot run at him. And I suppose in the strictly most technical sense, he did. He skated 190 feet and then belted him. But when he started that 190-foot yeah. charge, 
Evans wasn't standing there. He's tracking back to the net. Right. Mar- uh, Shifley is, doesn't have that in his eye for the entire 190 feet. He, but by the time he gets to the top of the circle, he's clearly made a decision. You can tell by the way he's angled himself and what yeah. he's going to do. Um, it is, I've seen a couple people say, you got to keep your head up. That's a dangerous play coming around on Jake Evans. And there is some truth to that. It is a dangerous thing to do. But if he decides not to do it and, you know, takes it to the corner, takes it into the boards and, and then turns it over with 57 seconds left and Winnipeg comes down and scores, he's getting roasted for not, you know, trying to make that play, take right? It, so Take it to the net. Yeah. So it is a difficult play and it, it is one where it, I just think it's one of those ones where two things can be true at the same time. Correct. It's not, it's not Jake Evans' fault, He, but he did need to keep his head up, but Shifley was way out of line in terms of his intent on that hit. He had enough time. You can see him from the top of the circles in, the way he's angling himself, the way he's adjusted his body. He knows at that point, this is what I'm about to do, and man, it had fucking terrible consequences right, in terms of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to, to me, it, it is the 100, anybody floating the 190-foot conversation is an idiot. Yes. Okay. But Jake uh, Evans is not standing at the post. Yeah. When Shifley yeah. starts that charge. You look at, you look at from the hash marks or even bottom of the circles, it becomes closer to your understanding as Shifley, who is a great hockey player, right? Yep. Who is got a high hockey IQ. He knows that the chances of him at that point, and, and and I got time for all the people who want to say he didn't put his stick out, he didn't dive, whatever, the, whatever the story is. Yeah. Um, He'd already decided I'm not getting to the puck. I'm going to level this guy. Right. And 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 to me, what happens here is Evans gets stretchered off. Shifley gets four games. Shifley hits Evans. Evans pops up in the corner and and you're like fuck you fuck you and then there's a scrum it's a game or it's it's whatever to me this is shifley gets the extra three games due to strength involvement Hmm. i I look at i look at how quick that play is and if 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 shifley peels off in that the same argument you used yeah no it goes both ways is true just let him score or you're like man you were at the fucking blue paint yeah when his when he tucks that in, yeah. what are you doing? And so to me, Hard on the puck, right? Get to me, both here. things, both things are true. Yeah. And, and it, it isn't a black and white thing. And so, um, Steve, I, I saw Steve Dangle's, uh, post of, you know, enough is enough that this is, this is outrageous and has to be put out of the game. And, and I'm not sure in a bang bang situation. Like to me, we've talked about it in the past on this show that slow mo replays yep. do not do anybody any favors. No, totally warps your perspective. You get to go see, look, look, look. That happened in a split second. Right when you look at that play in full time, yeah, right. the puck is in, then bang, right? It, it happens, but it is he's wrapping it's a dirty that puck. It, it's it's. it's it's and, and I agree with you. And is, yeah. is it? It's he got the charge, mm-hmm. and to me that is that is worth it, right? Um, not worth it on Shifley, and, and <laughs> clearly not. But I'm saying it's 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 a it's a charge worthy, a five minute major, and a and a game suspension. I think is totally. But this to me, when you look at a league that is willing to say 
that Tom Wilson can punch a guy mm-hmm. in the face mm-hmm. when his head is on the ice and he's and he's prone, and then in the same instance can take another guy without a helmet and fucking power slam him on the ice. Yep. That that's a hockey play. That that happens in the middle and not suspendable. That's a fine. But then you look at a play like this and go, that's four games in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, that's the infuriating part. It's the inconsistency. Like I look at, and people were saying it, a lot of them leave fans or whatever. When Kadri got suspended, that that's the correct length. It escalated again. Cause he keeps doing it. He's a yeah. repeat offender. He keeps seeing red fine. Eight playoff games. That's a huge suspension. That's probably about right. How come he seems to be the only guy you keep getting it right on, right? Like there is one possible reason that we, we could address or not, but it's the inconsistency that makes people furious, right? Like as you've referenced, how do you stack up all these things against the, the Tom Wilson one and go, that's worth nothing. And this is four playoff games and that's eight playoff games. Well, what the fuck is the distinction here yeah. like what is your basis and and we just have no idea and that's the thing that makes people crazy is you have no idea what they're going to do from instance to instance well and you could tell me uh, so t- uh, the idea that which of those two the wilson or the shifley which is the hockey play oh the the, the if we're going to say which one's closer to being part of the game it's shifley yeah like he's coming back trying to prevent a goal now at some point he decides not to try to prevent the yep. goal but in the in the beginning, that's what he's doing. He's coming back hard, trying to, uh, when he realizes he can't, he changes motive and, and that's why he's been suspended. Tom Wilson's just throwing people around and punching people on the ice and you're a fucking menace, man. Like, yeah. like, and, and the thing is to me, if you want to look at the intent and the result, if you look at, at the, at the Shifley on Evans, you go, oh man, the bang, bang between when the puck is in the net and and Evans gets hit, and the result is is him being prone on the ice, and yeah. it was as ugly as the Tavares one was, right, with the flopping yeah. and. Oh yeah. If if Panarin's head is the first thing without a helmet on is the first thing to contact the ice when Wilson slams him to the ice. That's every bit as ugly, if not worse. Yeah. Worse. And then what do you do, right? right. But because nothing happens and Panarin rolls okay. around, hops up, everything's okay, and you go, that's a fine. Right. And and to me, that's where you look at the whole thing and you go, hockey play and then a scrum after. Like the scrum after is the shit you're trying to get out of the game. Yes. And and again, to me, the Shifley hit is worthy of the major and worthy of the review and worthy of a suspension. Right. I, I don't disagree with all that. It to me, it's the four games in the playoffs. You go, fuck, that's severe. You think uh Winnipeg's got any shot here? I don't. Yeah, I don't. It looks and, like it's and, over. And, and really rolling Montreal. At least two more games, three more games without your number one center. Yeah. Stastny not healthy. It looks like he's gonna try and play as we sit here now. Last I saw it looks like he'll be back in, but he's not. Mark Shifley, and you're already down to going to Montreal. This one might be over. When I was talking to people after the Montreal-Toronto series, and I was fucking just full of glee. It was unbelievable. Um, But I thought thought that on the rest with Ehlers, Kopp, Dubois, all these guys getting healthy post-sweep of Edmonton, Mm -hmm. that that this was going to roll into, and, and, and Edmonton, I mean, Montreal having two days rest, 
that this was going to be bad for Montreal. Like that, yeah. like this was the if you look at Colorado, you know, waiting around and Vegas going seven games. And then getting smoked. <laughs> this is what I thought was awaiting Montreal in game yeah. one. And then this happens. And then you go, oh, okay, wait. And DeMillo goes out and Stastny doesn't play. And you go, a defense that is already stretched. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to take one of your top four out. You're going to take your number one center out. Oh, and you're going to take your number two center out or a number two, you know, winger, third line, whatever it is, right? You're taking sure. a top six player out. Yep. And you go, fuck you guys. You guys may not make five games, and Montreal may be division Headed champions. The, yes, and, exactly. and I thought they were going to get roughed right up, pitched right out. And then yeah. after game one, I'm like, whew, this could be 180 degrees difference in how I saw the series. I'd have put, and I'm not a sports betting guy or whatever, I'd have put substantial money on Montreal to lose to Toronto. And I'd have put it again on them to lose to Winnipeg. And yeah. here they are. And I would be hurting in a big way financially. I'm glad you brought this up because I did have this on my list. I didn't know if we'd get to it or not. But just in a general sense, this idea of of narratives, right? And we do it in all sports, in the playoffs, and especially the rest versus rust. So you referenced Colorado sweeps St. Louis and sits around for like a week while Vegas takes seven games to get through Winnipeg. And so, or not Winnipeg, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Close, Matt. Close enough, yeah. right? <laughs> Middle of fucking nowhere. Somebody drew a border, but really, <laughs> what happened? Minneapolis yeah. and Winnipeg are the same place. <laughs> um, and so Vegas then has to finish up seven games. They get through. They roll into Colorado and get absolutely fuck smashed, right? Like one of the most embarrassing playoff games I've ever seen in terms of one-sidedness, and just the way it goes. So you go, okay, that's a great team who got some rust. The other team uh, was beat up, had to play longer. And then, you know, you're coming off that high of winning a game seven. Now it's a game one. You know, do you let down? That's the narrative that you would paint on that series, right? Then you move north of the border. Montreal plays game seven, beats Toronto, moves on to Winnipeg, who is in the exact. Now they are not Colorado in terms of no. makeup. But they've been sitting around waiting. They did finish higher than Montreal in the standings. They're now rested. And Montreal comes out and makes that one, um, you know, they grab the one nothing series lead. So now the narrative in the sports media can become, well, you know, you're fired up and the other guys are rusty sitting around and you got the jump on them quick. They're both bullshit, I guess. Like, <laughs> they're not that diff, but you can paint whichever one you want yeah. to fit the situation. I, I don't know that we've learned anything. The only, the third thing I would throw into this mix, just to make it interesting, Kucherov sits out for the entire year, and forget the LTIR stuff, forget the contract yep. stuff. He hasn't played since se- end of September, I guess they awarded the cup, and is he going to be rusty? What's he going to have after only practicing? Is he going to be up to game speed? And at this point in the playoffs, he has 17 points in 10 games and is absolutely <laughs> dominating the world, right? So yeah, you kind of get to this point where when you turn on your sports talk tomorrow morning or any day and they're caution going that, down caution a somebody who runs a podcast, uh, caution. Yeah. <laughs> this is why ours is different, right? What story do they want to tell you today, right? And and it's not that anybody's doing anything wrong, but you can fit a story 
to any situation. We just, like I said, comparing that Colorado-Vegas and the Winnipeg-Montreal, exact same situations, completely different results. After this long of you watching sports, have you decided that there is an advantage to rest versus rust? Would you rather just keep rolling or do you want to sit around and get the break? Or do we just keep seeing shit like this that makes you go, ah, fuck, I don't know. Well, in the spot that's near and dear to my heart, you go back to the 07 Stanley Cup final. Right. I think Ottawa had an 11-day break and Anaheim had a nine. So both had substantial breaks due to TV schedules, yada, yada. At that point, though, don't you throw it out? They're both well-rested. and Yeah. One team came out and tooled the other. Sure. And, and it was the better one. Yeah. Well, is it the better one or is it? Is yes, it, it was the better one. Yeah. Well, or, or is it the refing, right? Or, and clearly it's, it's one of those things which is still relevant in this day and age. Um, no, it, it, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's completely um, irrelevant, right? In terms of it's a convenient storyline. Yep. Either way. Which one would you rather have going into the cup final? You want to be the team that's just still chugging, still in your rhythm, still in your routine, or the one who got a week to go, okay, we got some guys with banged up knees. That guy's got a bat. Like I'm, I'd like to have them. Yeah. Do well, you, after this long, do you have a preference? Yeah. Well, it, see, and, and if I can, if I can lean back on the, on that 07 final, Ottawa played five games, five games, five games. And you go, fuck it, man. Keep rolling. Give us yeah. three, four, five days off. And then we'll, Hit it again. We'll hit it again, right? And we'll see what happens. Now, the other thing is, and, and to me, there's a, a, a huge untold story here, which is which is the refing, right? And in, in, in 07, it was clearly, yeah, man, the, the Anaheim Ducks were better equipped for how the refing was going to be done. And mm-hmm. if you look at this series, at this, at this, this spring, the refing to me is so unpredictable. Yeah. It's um, we can look at, at the fact that Connor McDavid can, can play four games against Winnipeg and never draw one penalty. Yeah. Fuck. That seems atrocious. Super odd, right? You look at the way, and, and I asked you prior to the Montreal Toronto, which was going to be the bigger story, right? And it and, and the, the second part of it was the way the game is called and the Montreal defense. And if you look at it, they were able to clutch, grab, mm-hmm. hold, mm-hmm. eliminate. That's not certainly, the way the game is called. And yeah, I, I know. And and it's and it's an easy and it's convenient story, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it fits. I love it. And, and and so you go, those guys are chokers. Sure. But the reality is the game is not called the same. Right, and we talked about the Bob Stoffer. Did we not talk about that last week on the show? The Bob that was an email as well. Okay, that wasn't on the show. But no. the idea that, um, as as my team did not make the playoffs, but if if you were going to call the game differently in the playoffs than you do in the regular season, that's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. And and I look at it, how it affects Edmonton, how it affects. Toronto, right? How it affected Pittsburgh, Washington. These teams, you go, man, I have built my teams. Now, Colorado seems to be handling it, but. Yeah, right now. But if you listen to Jared Bednar 
after. Oh yeah, he was not. Happy. They lost game three, and he's saying we're getting outplayed in the last five periods. Mm-hmm. Right? He goes, you look at their top line stats, and you look at our top line stats, and it's not even close. Right. So that's a message to his top line, for sure. It is. Which is which is awesome, and it's going to be fine. But the reality is, when you change the way the game is called, and and you and I, I, I know you probably don't want to get into a pile of Leaf talk here, but the reality is, to me, the Leafs have done all that you would hope to do, right? Uh, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna take my Senators fanboy cap off, right? And you go, okay, you bought him out, and and good things happen to you, right? And the good things that for Toronto that happen. Are you get Morgan Riley at five, I think, in that draft, right? And he's probably the best player in that draft. Yep. And then you get the Marner at four, right? Instead of Strom or Hannafin, which well, were very much. You look at the 2015, well, you're like, Strom, what are you doing at three? What is happening right. here? Well, and even on the Nylander one the year before, we were sure, Leaf fans were sure that Dave Nonis was taking Nick Ritchie over William Nylander. Oof. Thank God we were wrong on that one. Okay. And then you go out and you win the draft. It doesn't matter if you finish last. You have one Austin Matthews who is. Yeah, there's luck. There's all kinds of luck. Right. Who is a top five player, a top 10 for sure, but he's in that mix, right? In terms of. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm just saying. (laughs) So to me, it comes down to Toronto gets Marner and Matthews. That is your two pieces, and you go, fuck it. I got, I've got a dynamic winger. I've got a, I've got a, a top end center, a number one bona fide, number one center who has turned into he can take defensive draw zone, you know, zone draws. Yep. So you compare that to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets their Malkin and Crosby, mm-hmm. right? Three cups, four finals, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago bottoms out, and they get their Kane in the their caves. Right, they get the three cups, and 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 Toronto has done it right, right, and they have got. I'm not here. I'm not disputing the talent of two guys who are top five scorers in the NHL. You right. can't dispute that. So what happens is you've done it right, Toronto. You have you have selected these two uber talented players who you can build around, and and the Nylander and the Riley are nice. Those are the complementary pieces. When you when you ref the game differently in the playoffs, your game becomes a bit of a sham. Yeah, in my opinion, and and Toronto now, as 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 great joy and honestly, man, Matt, at the end of that that game last Monday, only imagine. I I just it's it's that it's that scene from the movies right where I just fuck I've just finished having sex Balloons and falling I, I, the and, and there's a cigarette. <laughs> I don't even smoke, man, but I am. <laughs> I'm exhausted and I'm butting out the cigarette and I'm just like, oh fuck, it's awesome. Vo- voice is hoarse. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just and, and, and to me the, the best part is at that point, it's still it's still Christmas Eve. Right. Because you know the next morning, oh, yeah. it's it's like the next several mornings. It's 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 absolutely the picking over of the carcass of of yep. of, of the bounty of statistics that show how how poor the Leafs have been in the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. it's really, it's it's euphoric. If you're a Buddhist, it's got to be close to Nirvana. It's 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 outstanding. So 
you know, this is really, to me, this show is more like, um, you know, two days after Thanksgiving when you pull the carcass of the turkey out and you're like, there's got to be something left on here, right? There's got to be, no, there's nothing. Well, I felt that even with Michaela on on Wednesday night. Yeah, I, got and that. Even on the, I got that from you, yeah. And even on the Monday night, I went out, We did. A, I did a show, the annual flag lowering ceremony, we called it. Yep. And there was... I had nothing there. Well, I like it where you told the people, fuck you. If you don't like it, you can leave now. And, uh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what it's going to be. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, that's eight thirty six, I think if yeah. people want to check that out. Yeah. But- it was, well, just to say like on that front, I've been through this, not like I've been through this. We lose a lot of game sevens, which we do. I've been through this in my head, like better possession, better shot metrics, better save percentage, more goals, more, I don't know that it might be no more complicated than Matthews and Marner didn't get it done. You got okay. Secondary scoring. You got good enough defense. You got good enough goaltending and it didn't happen again. So you kind of, I've been through the thing. I've thought about, you know, do you want to do the Marner trade? Do you want to anyone who thought that Kyle and and Shani were going to come out during those press conferences on Wednesday and say, yes, we're trading one of the big four was insane. That was never going to happen. They said, we're going to keep it. We're going to try it again. I don't know that I believe that either. I believe they will quietly now go reevaluate, see what it all looks like. But they were never going to come out and say, fuck it, we're blowing it up. That was never going to happen. So I didn't take much out of that. But when I look at the team, it might be no more complicated than those two guys didn't get it done. Obviously, if Tavares is in the lineup, it's probably different, but he wasn't. So you still had more than enough opportunities and and the part where I keep getting myself frustrated is, man, if either of those overtimes go differently, you're moving on. Man, you finished 18 points ahead of those fuckers. What are you doing in overtime? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. in theory, yes, it easily could have gone the other way, but you shouldn't have been in that spot. Like, it's, that's the. And, and, and so people ask, you know, and, and the question is, when it comes down to, you listen to that. A lot of meat on the bone of the of the Shanny Dubas Keith mm-hmm. Zoom call, where where you know Sheldon said, "Yeah, not not Sheldon." Brendan said, <laughs> Shanahan said, "Not of killer instinct," and that's got to change. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be change, or whatever it was, whatever it was he said. And then he talked about Matthews and Marner you know, being great talents. And he goes, and those other two guys, you know, Nylander and, and Tavares, are, I, I, you know, I have great admiration for them as people. And you're like, <laughs> what do I take? What do I make of that? Right. And so of, of course, instantly social media goes, okay, okay. Talents, talents, people, people. And you're like, okay, that means those two fucking guys are <laughs> expendable and, and gone. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting. And you, Michaela talked about this and you covered a lot of this ground, but the thing is, you, you, and as you guys also covered, the, the salaries handcuff you in a lot of in a lot of scenarios, right? And um, the scenario that 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 is Marner at at ten point six, ten point eight, whatever he's ten point eight nine three. Yeah, that, that vanity plate with the ninety three at the end. Yeah, that you cannot make. You cannot flip that guy out. Nope. Um, you, can, you can, but you can't win the trade. Right. Okay. And this is it. Right. And and so um, 
I have some. What, what about what about this, Matt? If I was to fl- uh, to flip you a Marner to Philadelphia, because you start to look at, at, at teams who need change as well. Yep. Right. I'm thinking. Say Konechny. Say it. Travis Konechny. Yep. And Philip Myers. I don't know enough about Philip Myers. Um, Travis Konechny, I'm super interested in. Okay, and so, but to me, those to me, those two salaries also come up around nine million dollars. So yeah, now you have your Zach Hyman money as Toronto well. Toronto gets one point nine million in savings. Uh, Marner gets a new location, and you start to look at Connectney uh, plays right and left. Yeah, right. He sort of moves around a bit. He's got a bit of a bit of a more of an edge. A little bit of fuck you in him. Yep. Yep. Fuck you, horny. Right, that, that clip of him and Hornquist yeah, going, exactly. going at it, and so um, that's the thing that I was drawn to. Right, was was I just don't think they're going to do it. All right, I and, and, and I know, but I just, any of the four of them, just I think in an offshoot, I'm, right? I'm I'm, yep. I'm I'm throwing. That. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm throwing I, that I would in. be willing to because I think. Look, I, I'm well documented on this show. I bought in and still do to Kyle's plan. The more talent you can get, the better. Do it, do it, do it. And he said all along we will get all that and then we'll go get the grit and the whatever he said a couple times. And his quote is always something along the lines of, if it was up to me, we would be the most talented, biggest, toughest team in the league, but most talented will come first. Yeah. And he is stuck to that. Here's the thing. The caps no longer going up and you can't bank on that. That is his fault, right? He, the cap not going up isn't his fault, but you made those decisions banking on something that was never guaranteed to you. So, that changes the equation a little bit. So knowing that, and Friedman has said now recently again, he doesn't think, based on what he's heard, it'll be five years before it moves. Oof. That changes your, that changes everything, That's right? Great for Ottawa. It sucks for Toronto. <laughs> yes. So in that regard, maybe this gets revisited. But I don't think they're going to. Uh, last thing, uh, I don't think they'll move one of the big four. But the last thing I would say on this before we move off the Leafs. Wait, wait. I, I, w- I had a couple things more before you move off. Well, let me hit you here first. Yep. I believe, and and there is a quote, I think it was Chris Johnston reported um, last year when they first looked at going out and getting um, Bogosian, one of their other, you know, analytics types that Kyle relies on, that he doesn't really fit our mold. And Kyle's response was apparently, he does now in not a very happy way tone right like maybe <laughs> frowny face emoji right like maybe he had been pulled uh shanny or whatever no we're doing more of this right and they end up going and getting kyle clifford and and you know jack campbell that one worked it well one did not and, and so be it i believe i i did bring up on the 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 thursday show with michaela that if it's up to shanny everyone's back but we haven't heard yet what management or what ownership thinks right and that could be the um, the, the changer, if you're Kyle and you were told we're now doing the Simmons thing and the Thornton thing and the Bogosian thing. And to be honest with you, I really liked what Zach Bogosian brought to the Leafs this year. He was right. much better than I expected. Way exceeded my expectations. And you went and traded for Felino and way you know, didn't meet my expectations. No. Well, I, yeah. If. I believe, and I do, if if he leaned too hard the other way now, right, whether it was his decision or whether he was pushed to do it, 
if you know this is probably your last kick at the can, are we not going right back to Dennis Mulgans and Kasperi Kapanen's and what, if he believes that's the way to do it, $700,000 Galchenyuk's and whatever up and down the lineup. And I tried your Simmons thing. It didn't work. I tried your Felino thing. It didn't work. If you only got one shot left at this, don't you take a run at it with your own philosophy going, I'm getting fired anyway. Oh, I can hear Eminem in the background. If you only got one shot. <laughs> Just mom spaghetti yeah, all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> Palms are sweaty. If, if we were to sit here now and you were to, to say, are we going to see them try and rebalance this again and do that thing? Or are we going back to Kyle kind of going, no. This is how I do it. And if I'm going down, I'm going down with my vision. Well, here, I kind of respect that last. Yeah. Part and, and here's the thing is, is I agree with you. And I've been vocal on this podcast about not liking Kyle Dubas's philosophy and, right. and, and then him double down on that same philosophy. Right. And, and it not working. And then, and then you're right. And then the idea that, that went the other way and that didn't work. Well, okay. And so to me, what happens here is, is you look at, at your talent evaluation at the pro scouting level, right? And so we roasted Pierre Dorian here for his pro scouting. Oh, any number of things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But on the pro scouting side, right? Yep. And you go, who did you bring in? Right. And so if you look at Tampa with the Coleman's or the Goodrows, or you look at the New York Islanders with the Kyle Palmieri, got you know, these things you go, who are the guys you need to choose better guys than a worn out Joe Thornton and a, a clearly no tread on the Thornton one. I, I to me that it's seven hundred grand. The problem yep. with it yeah, is, yeah. is you didn't you didn't have the balls to say, sorry man, this isn't working. Right. Okay. That's the problem with that one. So, that was an easy game. But, but you do Simmons look, was too much. Felino was too much. Well see, but let's look at the at the regular season acquisitions, right? Which is the Simmons, which is the Thornton. And and you knew by the end of the regular season those guys had no tread on the tire. No. no. And so um, I was bullish and we, it was, we have the audio on this podcast of me saying, yeah, Felino, Felino, that's, that's going to be a great acquisition. Me too. I, I liked that they got him. I, I think I said, yeah, I yeah. didn't like and the price. You didn't pay. like the price and you did say that, that. That was it. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and I was on the other side saying, yeah, no, I think this is what they need to do. Right. If you go two or three rounds and Felino contributes a little, I'm willing to overlook the fact that you paid a first round pick. So the Felino, so the Felino isn't enough. When you're out in the first round, no, it's not enough. <laughs> when you go out in the first round and he can barely skate, you're like, holy fuck! Like what a disaster, right? Yeah. Like some of that is uh, you lost a gamble a little bit. And but I think everything in the last five years could be viewed under that same light. We we made this change for that and. Like if you look at the cupboard in Toronto, it's fucking bare in terms of picks. And bare in terms of picks. I don't well prospects. I, who I'm, you got? You got Nick Robertson and and what else are you looking at in terms of no nobody who's playing next year? Some of the prospects that they have because the 2017, 16 drafts, uh not good, right? Not good in terms of what you got out of them. Uh consequently, those are the Mark Hunter drafts, but that's fun. <laughs> um Nothing coming, but it, the last, you know, in two years, 
Could Rodion Amarov play? Rodion! Topi Nimala, like there's a couple of guys, but yeah. they're not they're not helping you this year. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think the prospect cupboard is as bare as some people say. The picks, okay. they're bare. They right. are bare. Right. And, and but you are talking about a team that is in win now mode. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so when it comes down to yeah, you're talking you need about entry level deals playing now, and you need picks and prospects. When it comes to trade deadline, you go. Well, I got yeah. picks. I got prospects. So, oh, you got nothing to trade at the deadline. You're you are looking at if you're looking at adding next year, and so this doubles back to how we got into this conversation in the first place, which is the refing, which is you need to address who you bring in more mm-hmm. so than 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 past productivity, right? You need to you need to look at at guys who can play playoff hockey. And that's that's the fine line. And I don't envy if you don't have them in your lineup who are going to be, you know, like the the whole – everyone loved the image of Ben Sherratt choking and shaking Austin Matthews and Matthews smiling like, are you going to fucking call this or what's happening? Right. right? Those sorts of things. And you go, yeah, fuck, all right, Sherratt got the penalty and, and they scored and they won that game. Yep. Um. But that but all continued on. on this this on. is it, right? Is, 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 is oh, it no, you're on. not. <laughs> and then it comes down to now uh, that Austin Matthews smile looks like, Mom, are you going right. to do something or what's yes. happening here? If you win the series, you're brilliant. When you lose it, you look like a jackass. Yeah, you're like, fuck you. I'll let you take the cheap penalties and I'll score. And so to me, there's two there's two things happening here, right? Is Is Toronto is so in command and should win that series. But the other side is the NHL fickle refing, mm-hmm. which is we've cited the McDavid thing and we've looked at at how Montreal was able to eliminate. And then you look at some of the chintzy shit, like the penalty in the Colorado Vegas game in overtime, where you're like Friedman brought that up on the pod this week, man. And that's fascinating. He said, like, he goes, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, right? Like that what's his name got caught earlier this yeah. year saying, I want to, when he goes, all right, you want us to start calling shit? We'll start calling shit. Bam! Here you go. Here's some overtime playoffs that are fucking you over hard. Yeah. Uh, overtime penalties. And he's like, yeah, stop. Don't call that. Right. Yeah. So what are you doing? We're a, right. We're in a weird time now. And I, I want to, what do you think of this keeps coming up in terms of salary because it plays into the Toronto thing nicely. 18 of the 19 highest paid players, uh, in the league are now eliminated. Carey Price being the only exception. Yeah. To me, that is as much an indication, not just of of the way the salary cap works, but of the way the game gets called. All of those superstars, obviously your top 18 most highly paid guys, some of them just didn't make it. You know, Kane is in that mix, Taves is in that mix, whatever. But overwhelmingly, guys that get into the playoffs, the game changes, and you punt them. How does ESPN and TNT feel looking at this going so in the second round for the second year in a row, no McDavid, no Crosby, no Matthews. I guess it's, it's adjusted a little by a bunch of these guys being North of the border, but still like TNT runs an amazingly successful broadcast with the NBA where they bend over backward in the opposite direction to make sure the stars get the calls to make sure they end up in the biggest broadcast windows at the biggest moments. And the NHL is going, no, we'd really rather see some more of Casey Sezikis, right? <laughs> or whatever that looks Al like. Clutterbuck. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
former Oshawa general. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's 17 of the 18 highest paid players already being eliminated. It is a statement on the cap, and, and we can have that debate one day, but it's also a statement on what you do to your stars in the playoffs, man. Yeah, and we, and we talked about this in the fact that no cup-winning team has ever had a $10 million player on it. Mm-hmm. And so that will happen. Never made it out of the first round. Well, Gary yeah. Price is the first one to make the second round. Yeah, and so this is – he's not making it to the cup final. So I we wouldn't think so. Yeah, so it does it's come It's a disingenuous to- argument, though. Like Alex Ovechkin, you got to look at it as percentage of the cap, not dollar figure, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, when they sign these deals, they're making a higher percentage of the cap than Connor McDavid, uh, Ovechkin anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we are but, talking about, I, I, I hear you. I hear you that that when, you know, dollars. $10 million, that's a nice easy number. Yeah, but dollars paid out annually versus your AAV, right, is is – is the deal, right? And and having guys win on entry level slash bridge contracts. That's the deal. Like the end of Kane and Ta- Kane and Taves, those are bridge contracts. They hadn't kicked into their right. And so Sam Coast first run to the cup final. He's still on a bridge deal. Right. And so it comes down to however you feel about that, you are looking at a Toronto team with three of those guys. Mm-hmm. And and if you could look at, uh, and and I and I had it I had it written down, but if if all those guys take two million less, that's a lot. Okay, but yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's a lot. But do you think do you think T- uh, Tavares is really worth eleven point five? He's not making eleven point five. He's making eleven. But if you he took le- that's the way ufas work right when you yeah yeah he's not the one that bugs me so much partly just because i'm a fan i guess or no, whatever no. it is and, and john tavares yeah i hear you and john tavares is there's nothing about john tavares that you point and go fuck that guy <laughs> right but the, the the thing is if you had a harder head you'd still be playing yeah this. his salary or a stronger neck yeah. his salary is what draws matthews to that and i, I i'm is Matthews not making 11.34? Ele- uh, Matthews is making 11. It's in that neighborhood. 11.5, 11.34. I think, I think Tavares is the highest paid player and Matthews no, is just below it. No, it's the other way around. Uh, Matthews was drawn by Connor McDavid at 12.5. He goes, okay, I know I can't get that, but um, he's Matthews is higher than uh, than Tavares. I, I just... I, I'm, I'm, I, I thought that... I see what you're saying. If if Tavares doesn't come, you're not as good of a team. But you don't. Maybe you don't. I I just have a hard time with the Matthews one because once McDavid got twelve point five, there was no chance of Matthews taking less than ten. Yeah, he's not the same guy as McDavid, but he's not two and a half, three million less. Okay. I don't think. And, and, now well, Connor McDavid is also underpaid, if you ask me. But well, <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um, but the, the idea is for me is that probably you could make an argument that Matthews may be better than McDavid. Easy. I can't make that. All right. All right. No, and I'm not making making that either. I would have it. I just mean credibility-wise. As soon as I say it, I get fucking All right. All right. And all I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's true, right? If you're going to go with pure skill, it's McDavid. 
all day long, man. Like you look what that guy does and pace and he does it with and the, seeing him in the seeing him in the North Division this year and seeing him all those nine times. You nine go, times. You go, fuck, man. It's 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 crazy yes. how skilled that guy is and how dominant he is. But to me, when you look at it and go, Math- cool. Matthews defensive draws. Better in his own end. This is it, right? And and, and, more the, physical. and the pure goal Not scoring. Extremely physical, but more well, physical. Okay, but that's morphing that way, right? And that's been my big complaint about Matthews forever, right? Is for a guy his size, he hasn't utilized his size. It's, more and more. It's, it's moving in that direction, right? Yeah. right? Now, to me, him hitting somebody after the whistle and you go, wow, look at that guy. That's not, that does not make him a better player. Sure but, it does. <laughs> but anyways, all I'm saying is, McDavid is 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 the best and and McKinnon is probably second but let's just it's goals right yeah. Matthews gets into that conversation cuz he scores like nobody else right now so the other the other thing is when you look at it and listening back to um to you and Michaela on Thursday morning um and I try not to you know want to rebut everything that Re- relitigate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is the idea that with the position you're at in, with the Leafs where you're stuck with, cause, cause yeah, as we've just listed the issue that comes with the four players in that core and, and let's not in, in an aside. And I know why this is an aside to an aside to an aside, to look at, at William Nylander's seven million bucks and go, that's a bargain. When really, it's as a winger, that guy is probably making what he deserves to make. He's about right. Yeah. yeah. The other ones are probably slightly inflated. Um, the issue is change has to happen on the way to a winner if you want to be a cup winner. And and holding holding, you know. Staying the course is is one That's thing. That's going to be the hardest part this year, right? And, that will take the biggest balls is to change very little. Well, but as as you guys pointed out, and and in multiple media sources since then have also pointed out, yeah, Toronto is in terms of you're not trading Matthews, you can't trade Tavares. Are you going to win a Marner trade? Probably not, and and. Why trade Willie's why trade right. Willie at this point? Because to me, he has delivered. He has delivered on his talent. Yep. Right? Because the idea with that guy all along is you go, fuck, he's got exceptional talent. But to me, sometimes he just doesn't meet that talent or the expectations of it. Mm-hmm. If you look at let's look at recent recent organizations, uh, San Jose. And Washington, right? Teams who were dominant, teams who had great regular seasons, and you go, "Fuck!" They fell short, man. They fell short in in the, in the postseason. The Blues, like how many years did everybody go, "Man, the Blues look good," right? Like this. The you're right. The Capitals since like 2010 have well, been. And they you, were going to win. If you look win. at in the OV in the OV years, mm-hmm. right? They went through how many coaches? Glenn Hanlon, Adam Oates, Mark Hunter, uh, Mark Hunter, uh, Dale Hunter, Bruce Boudreaux, right? Bruce Boudreaux into the Trotz era, right? And you look yep. at San Jose and you go, how many guys, right? And you start to go through the God, McClellan, the, and- the Carlisles, McClellans, the 
what's his name who's in uh, Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer, right? You, you just start to look at now, one of those teams has won a cup. Mm-hmm. They stayed the course, as you and Michaela pointed out, right? The talent is there. It doesn't always work out, right? Like you, sometimes you can do the right things, yep. which takes this all the way back to my initial argument with the Leafs making all the right moves and lucking out and winning the Matthews draw and blah, yes. blah, blah. Yep. And sometimes you go, I've done it. didn't work. I've done all the right things. And you go, oh, wait, global pandemic. And now the cap and the flat and the blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And you go. And Tavares gets hurt and Muzzin gets hurt. And sometimes you just, and some, ah, and, I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes Rob is very happy. And, and, no and, and really, it's, it's one of those things where, Matt, if we're going to wrap this bad boy up, and you come to, mm-hmm. it comes down to, I don't know if I need more in my life. If there's. <laughs> But I was fucking, I was exceptionally happy. And and it comes down to. I think this city has sold its soul to the Habs. No, no, not me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But from I, now on, I will only hear ole, ole, ole when you talk about Montreal. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I think I've been up front, even at the end of the regular season, I said, I hate the Leafs. Like I'm a Senators fan. Mm-hmm. first and foremost. And I have been since I moved back to town in 94-ish. Um, so back in- I, I sort of, be, you know, I, I was a Wings fan, always a Wings fan. But, I, you know, when you live in a town and you're inundated with the media, unless you have no fucking sack or soul, you sort of take on the, the local team. <laughs> I think you've got that backwards in a pretty big way. Um, you were... But, had not enough sack to hold your ground. Yeah. Well, and I was a Wings fan at the time. So as a Wings fan through the Norris division years, I hated the Leafs. That that's just I I've to me I've I have for almost 40 years, the Leafs have been the team where you go, fuck, I hate those guys. <laughs> and then as as a Senders fan, you get even more of that, right? And so Michaela, and I God bless her. You know, you and her on the show and she's doing her best and she's feels badly for Matt and she, all these things are happening. I don't feel bad. Some people have empathy. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Some people do. Yeah. It's not this guy. It is not. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But all I'm saying is, is the Leafs are, have been happily for me, sadly for you. Mm-hmm. stuck with making good choices. Dubas making good choices, Shanahan making good choices and the pandemic not helping them, the cap, all those things. So you, you've go, ah, oh, man, I've done all the right things. Sometimes it doesn't fucking and, matter. And it's a cautionary tale, right? You look at Ottawa now in this upswing and you go, yes, we've made good choices. We are, we're, we're in the progress of making good choices. And you go, I can I can see good things. I can see good things. And you go, oh man, but you never know what's gonna no, happen. Shit goes sideways in a hurry, right? Shit like, goes sideways in a hurry. And so that is you said with San Jose, and I, I think I've said before, you know, San Jose was so good for so long. They eventually got to a final and they lost. They just as easily could have won it, but they didn't. And so you Washington eventually hung around long enough. And I think I said that a while ago when talking about Kyle's philosophy with that big four was the trick is just to stay in the mix as long as right. you can keep that window as long. Cause 
often enough, as you've said, you make a lot of smart moves. You do some things where everybody looks and goes, I think that's a good idea. I think that could work. And it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. there's just 32 teams trying to win one right. and, fucking deal. And, and, if you, and, and you guys pointed out on Thursday. And so, because to me, my point is not to crap on what you guys said on Thursday, because the reality is for a variety of reasons, Toronto is stuck with the core four. I don't know how bummed I am about that. You're making it sound like. No, 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 no. Stuck with. I think you're going to be sad with the Devarez contract in a year or two. Maybe. I think that's a reality. Um, Yeah. As we've said, the idea was supposed to be that the cap is up and up and up and now it's not. And you're like. uh, And and that is, that is the huge point of contention. Right. And, and so if you look at the Washington model which is if i was a leaf fan i was i that's the one i would look to yeah where you go yeah they stuck with and 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 michaela rightly pointed out you know you swap out the green for the carlson yep and you start to bring in the guys like pair jew right like these guys yeah yeah, okay yeah yeah or andre burakovsky where you go that's just guy who comes in and Monte Smith Pelly off the yes, off the scrap. Yes, he's a huge contributor, right? and, and he overachieves at this moment, or he achieves to his own potential. Sure. It's hot at the right time. That is what Toronto was going to need, right? And so they tried it with, and the guy's name escapes me from New York Rangers, who's now in Vancouver. Oh, Jimmy VC. Jimmy VC, the Galchenyuks, right? As you start to continue Boyd off the caps and right. You bring these it. you bring these guys in, you continue to to cycle through. Toronto is is I say stuck, you say embrace. It's it's fine, whatever that is. The top four, and as I said on last Sunday's show, this this with that talent cannot continue forever. And I think at some point, I think if you stumble into the second round right, by accident, I think if I'm a stock market guy, I'm buying on Mitch Marner super low. Like to me, that guy is when you talk about killer instinct, do the capitals have no killer instinct? And then, right. then suddenly you they don't get, have, they get it. You do. Right. And so to me, all these guys are super elite talents, right? Yeah. It's not like they, they've sucked forever. And they've just sort of happened to find their way into an $11 million contract. No <laughs> talent and, and pass. This isn't Jeff finger. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff finger, I thought I was drafting a dead guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so of. I agree with it. I agree with it. And, and Toronto but in the is, meantime, you get to love it. And, and I love it, but there's, <laughs> but, but they, but they do have, and I'm not sure what other, what other plan is open and available to them. So, yeah. So the fact is, if this team is perennial underachievers, I will continue to revel in it, <laughs> and it will it will add years to my life. But as it's just slicing them off, my yes, exactly. <laughs> just handing them across the table to you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Well, I'm always sort of the same way. After the Leafs get eliminated, I'm normally sort of fairly disinterested in the playoffs for a week or two. Okay, but so, I have but sort so of kept I. an eye on the Colorado. Yeah, okay. Um, I've sort of kept an eye on the Colorado Vegas series. I'm, pr- I'm finding myself tired. It's hard to stay up. And- <laughs> well, okay, but this is it, man. As soon as the Leafs are done, I was I was treating Leaf games in the postseason 
like a senator's game. I was like, yeah. I'm PVRing this. I'm going to range, man. And, and, and <laughs> I'm just, so much joy in other people's downfall. Well, and you guys, you guys talked about you and Michaela talked about it on a different show, but yeah, I am a senator's fan first. And a Leaf anti-fan second. like those, yeah. And they're close, Matt. They're close. <laughs> well, this is clearly, I'm seeing this across town. Every Senators fan I follow on Twitter goes, I hate both these teams. Can't, can't the arena collapse? Can't they both lose? Can't they both be eliminated? I don't even know if this city realizes how much of this was subconscious or how much of it they realized halfway through. They picked a side. Oh, Ottawa absolutely I have picked a side. On. I, I, dude, you don't need to ask. You know, <laughs> I, I have full on picked a side. Yeah. And if you didn't know as a Senators fan, whether you hated the Habs or Leafs more, you know now and everyone knows, right? Like, yes. So. Oh, it's good. Uh, We'll wind this one down there. Uh, we'll have more to come this week. I don't know what that is yet. But, uh, stick <laughs> around. There's always something. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now, and you can find the archives of uh, all kinds of stuff. As we reference, if you want to go back and see if we're full of shit or if we actually did say what we claim we said, it's all at talkinaudio.com. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's nothing there. It's just a blank page. I've deleted the archives. Um, no, uh, you can check all that out at talkandaudio.com or on Twitter and Instagram at talkandaudio. And we will see you all next time. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.